When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get everything you need for your next project today at Menards and save big money. LP SmartSide products are the number one brand of engineered wood siding. SmartSide trim and siding offers long-lasting performance and delivers the warmth and beauty of traditional wood. Save big money today at Menards and LP SmartSide products. Plus, visit Menards.com to view the weekly flyer and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money at This is On The Mark. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you're listening. Great to have you along. And we're bringing in Lights Out, Sean Merriman with me today. And you are an interesting guy, Sean Merriman. You 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 uh, you retired, and now you've, you're a NASCAR owner. You're thinking about jumping in the ring with Bellator. I, I, I'm guessing that you, uh, you know, a little bit of an adrenaline uh, junkie here, Sean Merriman. Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an understatement. Uh, you know how else do you move on to something where you're used to making uh, you know sacks against Peyton Manning and Tom Brady uh, and and them bone crushing hits. Um, you you know you know what it is is exciting for me uh, because I for one get a chance to live out a dream and and building a company like Lights Out, but also uh, to make the transition into something I love. I mean, how many times you get a chance to play in the National Football League for as many years as I did, and now move on to something you love equally as much. Um, and it and it's been great. These partnerships have been wonderful. So hold on a second. You just said you love as much. I mean, are we talking about NASCAR? Are we talking about fighting? Because I mean, football—that's like childhood, high school, college, pros made you money. I mean, that's a big statement. Well, it's it's what what lights out. I mean, the okay. company lights out my apparel company. But to be involved in, in Bellator and um, you know, I, I'm a huge MMA fan. I have been for you know about ten years now. Actually, going on 11, uh, back when I started in San Diego, training during the off-season with MMA, trying to, uh, you know, just work on my hand-eye coordination and work on my, uh, you know, stamina, just, you know, do some things better that was going to help me in football. Um, and I ended up having a passion for it, and that's when that partnership with Bellator came about, uh, the MMA league. And so, you know, we had a great partnership there. And now with NASCAR, I'm like, man, this, <laughs> this is an exciting time, not only for me personally, but for the company. So did I see you in a stare down with Rampage Jackson? Was that accurate? Because I think I did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we um, look if Scott Coker over at uh, Bellator can put that together. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to get some of Rampage one of these days. He got a big fight coming up against King Mo. Should be pretty good uh, in Chicago. Um, but you know, if he if if there's still something left from him uh, after King Mo, you know, I'll call Rampage up and I'll get some of him too. Okay. Okay. I, now. The actual apparel, the Lights Out brand. Where did where did that creative genius come from? Did you? I mean, was is somebody kind of guiding you along, or did you always kind of have that eye? 
No, I always had that instinct when it came to that. Um, it's a funny story. So, so my sophomore year in high school, I knocked out four opponents in one game. Right. Um, and after the game, about 25 people come running up to me and they say, oh, man, you know, you knocked those guys' lights out. And just try, just kind of cool and collected like it was supposed to happen. I said, you know what? Call me lights out. And that name had stuck with me all the way through high school and then through college and obviously through the pros. Um, and I, you know, I, I looked in, looked at it, and I just felt that Lights Out was a like bigger than one person. I thought Lights Out was universal. Lights Out was teams, and that's what we've been doing. We've been building out MMA teams. We have a uh, racing team with Jesse Awuji, uh right now. Was you know making his way up the ranks in, in NASCAR in the K&N series, and um, you know he's been a great guy to just to to kind of lead the way and partner with. See, you know, I've been following your NASCAR stuff here, and it's interesting. You know, you're bringing some diversity to the sport. And I got to be honest, I was kind of wondering, does NASCAR really want some diversity? Because, you know, I, at least it was in my mind at going to some events and, and seeing Confederate flags, that type of stuff. And here you are uh, being really welcomed. So I, it was good to see that. Uh, you know what? The the, the open arms that, uh, that NASCAR has given us and, and myself and how they welcomed everything has just been outstanding. Um, yeah, I've been a fan of NASCAR since 2008 um, when I was a Grand Marshal uh, in Fontana at the Sprint Cup. Um, and I watched NASCAR for some years on TV, and it was just, you know, I knew the big names. I knew Jeff Gordon and uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jimmy Johnson. I knew all the bigger names, but I never knew how exciting it was to be there. When I went to an, an actual NASCAR event, it just literally turned my lights on, and I, and I couldn't even explain to people. Actually, I could explain it. They said, how, how has it been in NASCAR? I said, it's uh, it's equal to walking out and running out to in a stadium on Sunday to 75,000 people going crazy. That's how it feels being at a, Na- at a NASCAR event. Um, and that, at that point, I knew um, there was some great synergies with, with uh, Jesse and, and his team and uh, really just making our way through. And that diversity has, has been a, a big initiative of theirs. Um, and I think they've been doing a great job of just kind of expanding the sport into some eyes and getting it visible in the places that normally wasn't visible to. You know, I, I grew up in Prince George's County, Maryland. It was a predominantly, uh, predominantly black neighborhood um, and where I grew up, and we just didn't have the access to go see out, you know, see a NASCAR race. We didn't, we didn't have that. So um, I think that once uh, certain young kids and minorities are exposed to it, I think that they will just fall in love with the sport. Do you want to get in the car too? Have you gotten in the car? Because I got to do a, a trial at Indy once and uh, two times around, and that was an experience. I mean, I I was I kind of never really gave the, res- the 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 sport that much respect, but I that experience changed my opinion. You know, if they got a convertible that they can fit me in, <laughs> I think that uh, or a hatchback is might be the only way I can get in. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't been in one. Uh, I was supposed to a few, a few times, but haven't. But I'm sure I will at some point. I know it's going to happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. So hey, let's talk about your Chargers moving to L.A. This doesn't sit well with a lot of Chargers fans. And and to be honest, I mean, an NFL guy myself, I, football, the NFL belongs in San Diego. But I get the business aspect of it. But it's a little painful. How do you feel? It is. It is painful and. Um, it was heartbreaking to uh, to a lot of us, and uh, it's, it's funny. It's just kind of starting to settle in that the team is not going to be there in San Diego anymore. I even found uh, myself recently doing some uh, media, and still saying San Diego Chargers. I mean, it's just hard to to kind of get rid of that because uh, there should be a team in San Diego. But you know, I'll continue to support the team. Uh, I still have friends and players who I support 
on the team. And uh, obviously they drafted me 12th overall. They changed my life and also my family's life, so I'll support the organization. But uh, I have no no uh, kind of uh, holdback of being let it, let it be known that I love the team being in San Diego and I didn't want them to move. Yeah, and another team that's moving. I mean, that's the thing. Like in, in L.A., they're Raiders fans, are they not? I mean, it's almost like welcoming the enemy. Am I am I crazy? Well, it is because well, I wouldn't say welcome to the enemy because you have a lot of Raiders fans in San Diego, unfortunately. But uh, you know, you have a team here in L.A. that was just fine with the Rams being here. They wasn't. I don't think L.A. is ready for two teams just yet. Um, the Chargers have an opportunity now. They have an opportunity to kind of win back a lot of fans, and that's obviously to go out and win football games and win early, um, especially if the Rams are not doing well. You're going to have people that want to go see a winning team and be a part of a winning uh, organization. So if, if, if the Chargers can come up here and win games early on, they can win back a lot of those fans uh, you know, that, that kind of dropped off along the way when they made the move. Okay, but – it is L.A., right, and it's always beautiful, and there's the beaches, and there's a million things going on. It's going to be they're, – they're fighting uphill, are they not? They are. They are. But I, I tell you, winning cures all. I'm, I'm sure okay. you've heard that plenty of times, but winning gets people back in the spirit of supporting. Um, you know, they want to come to the game to watch their team win. They want to, uh, you know, be uh, – they want to tailgate. They want to talk trash at bars. They want to talk trash in the in the, in the streets um, when they're going around just to be a part of a win a winning organization. So if the Chargers come up here and win, they can really take over the L.A. market and take it really away from the Rams. What do you think about the Raiders going to Las Vegas? I hate that one more. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't like it. Um, and this is the reason why I don't like it. I think the, the community of, of Oakland and the fans had to endure some bad years they did. Uh, by the Raiders, and they had to come, by, come to the game and support when the Raiders were terrible, and just when they started to win, they want to get up and leave. And I don't think that's fair to the fans. I don't think that's fair to the community. Um, I understand the financial aspects of it, but the fans don't care about that. The fans cared about uh, coming to the game when they had losing – losing seasons back to back and they still had to support and show their love for the team. Now they having some success. They have a great quarterback there. They have a, a great team and young talent. They want to get up and move. And I don't think that should and will sit well uh, with the fans at all of Oakland. Yeah. Just a reminder, Sean's brand lights out brand.com. If you want to check out what, what Sean's doing now, and we appreciate you joining us today, Sean, let's hi uh, a little, so much on the, on the NFL here. How, how let me ask you about you, know, you tested positive for a banned substance back in 2006. Here's my, right. and I know there, there's all sorts of keeping the game safe, keeping players safe, and people love to watch the quarterback, and so we want to keep them healthy, and I get all that. But I also get that football, to me, and I think to you and to really anyone with, that's just rational about it, it's just a dangerous game. And part of the reason why we love it is because it's dangerous. So in my mind... You can have guys coming in the league. They sign a waiver. I know that football is dangerous. I know that when I'm done playing the game, I might not be able to walk it well. I might not be able to think as well. And then you don't have to protect everybody. And then as far as like banned substances go, whatever you can take to make you stronger, faster, feel better, I think it's okay. Like, Why do we even have to have banned substances? Am I, am I nuts here? Well, yeah, because look, you can. There's a lot of harm in taking banned substances. 
Um, in my situation, I was taking a supplement that I had no clue when, you know, they put things in it. You don't know. You just think that something's going to make you have more energy or you're going to heal faster. You're going to feel better. And you say, okay, cool. It, it, it's legal. So I'll take it. Well, it's not legal. Um, and it could have harm and effects to your body. So I think the NFL is right by doing that. Also, um, you know, could cause injury to other people, you know, by guys having some type of advantage. Um, so that's, that's one thing. But two, uh, I don't think you can sign waivers and say, hey, you could be potentially uh, injured or have problems down the road and you have to sign this waiver and you have no rights. That just That's just not going to sit well with anybody. Um, and football is a violent sport, and you're absolutely correct that that's why we love it. You know, Football is the ultimate gladiator, barbaric, violent sport that people line up that can't wait to see, and, and that's the exciting part about it. On the flip side of that, there is, uh, you know, some things you have to be cautious about. Uh, there, there could be injuries to the head or to the body down the road. You have to be very cautious about. And I think the players, knowing that now, uh, and I think that's that, that's the number one ish, uh, thing that people need to understand. Know, knowing these things about, about CT is a possibility. Knowing these things, you could have injuries down the road. Let the players decide. And I would guess that you would have majority of guys still. It would still play anyway, and me being one of them. Yeah, I, I've heard you say that before, that you wouldn't run away from the game despite having numerous other interests, and it seems like you're going to be able to make some money in other ways too. You'd still go back and play the game, and I forget if you have kids or not, but you would encourage kids to play the game. Yeah, and I have a six-year-old son. He plays hockey now. Uh, but if he, when, he's, when it's time for him to play football, you know, I, I will let him know the, of the possibilities and the dangers that could happen but ultimately, it's his, you know, it's his judgment. It's his call. Um, if he want to play the game, then so be it. You know, football is a great sport. Uh, and I've learned life lessons from playing the game of football. So I wouldn't deprive my son at all um, by not allowing him to play the game. Uh, but, you know, to have this knowledge, knowing that these things are a possibility of happening, is really what's key. So, okay, let's go back in time then. You're, you're seven years old. You're eight years old. Should you be playing tackle football or should it be more like, a, I don't know, at least high school? Like to me, that makes sense that you start hitting a little bit later. Yeah, I would I would prolong the the hitting and the physical part of of the game as long as possible. Um, I think the flag football is a is a great way to uh, get guys going and uh, get kids to understand the game of football, uh, learning how to tackle properly, learning how to do these things properly. Because a lot of this stuff starts from the youth. Um, you know, we the tackling properly. I mean, it was it was my job and it was told to me to go and. Knock some, guy, you know, knock a kid out by any means necessary, and and that was the way I learned how to play football. Uh, now they have different initiatives um, to to learn how to go and tackle properly. You know, uh, Levar Arrington, former uh, uh, Redskins and was a, a mentor um, to me, has a uh, a company called XP uh, Precision, Extreme Precision, and is teaching you know, the youth how to tackle properly. Now, if I was taught or many guys were taught to tackle properly as a kid, uh, then I think a lot of those dangers will be out the window. I, I like that. I, I like that a lot. I, and we had, uh, we had Lance Briggs in studio a little bit ago, Sean, and, and he was talking about CTE openly as far as, you know, he's scared and that he's taking school back at Arizona to keep his mind as sharp as possible and he's super active as far as riding a bike every day and do, just being active period to try to exercise his mind do, do you have those concerns floating around in your own head no you really you think about it and you you're not a fortune teller you don't know what's going to happen when you're 40 I'm 32 years old 
Uh, so you have no clues. You, those things go through your head, but, you know, you try to live a really good health, health, uh, healthy lifestyle and stay active. That's, that's number one. I see guys a lot when they're done. Uh, they're done working out. They're done being active, and they kind of slouch and, and don't, don't want to do the activity part. And to me, that's the biggest problem. You know, if you stay on it, maybe these things happen, but maybe you prolong them. Maybe you, you don't have to deal, deal with, with them as much. Stay active. Stay fit. Uh, you don't have to get in football shape. You know, you don't have to line up and play the Saints next week. But, um, you know, stay active, and that's, that's really important. What do you think's going on with Colin Kaepernick right now? Is it people don't think he can play, or is it more of the off-field? I think it's the off-field. Um, but it's a, there's a, absolutely a combination of, of both. And uh, I see people comment over and over again uh, about what he did and things like that. It's not what he did. It, it became a di- distraction. Um, and one thing about the NFL is they, they hate distractions, especially when you're not producing. And since he's not producing and the distraction at the same time, and not you know a bad distraction or did anything wrong, but it is a distraction from playing football. Uh, and it's the reason why you're getting paid and the reason why you're there. It is a distraction. So when you have the combination of not being able to produce and the NFL and teams and organizations are looking at you as a distraction, it's a recipe for failure. But his teammates voted him for the Courage Award. It, it, it didn't seem like they were like, hey, get out of this locker room. They actually appreciated Colin. So I get that there's media asking questions, but the guys in that locker room, they had to answer the questions too, and it seems like they're backing Colin. Yeah, but I think you have to understand that who backed him was his teammates. His teammates don't cut him a check. You know, his teammates don't pay him a salary. So I w- as a teammate, I would support my teammate as well. Um, but if you're an owner of an organization – or if you're in the front office, your, odds, your your whole point of being there is to put a team together so you can win games. And if you have a guy there that's not winning games for you, and also a in their eyes or in some people's eyes a distraction off off the field, then that's just not going to mix with a locker room. You know, you have to have either one. You have to be able to produce on the field um, and have those distractions, or you just don't produce and you have these distractions and you don't have a job, and that's what's going on with him right now. It's not what he did. It's any kind of distractions. Go rewind back and pass with T.O. or uh, Chad Ochocinco with any kind of reality TV shows or anything like that. Chad was still producing when he had these shows. The second he stopped producing and he was still an off-the-field distraction is what got him out of the National Football League, not anything else. It's all true. So you don't think he's going to get picked up? I think he'll get picked up. Um, oh, I do. think he'll be, uh, you know, in a camp situation where someone goes down and they need someone to come in and play, or they just need a strong, uh, secure backup. Um, I don't think he's going to be a focal point of any team anymore. Uh, I think he'll be a guy that, that comes in off of the bench and kind of had to work his way back into a position, but he won't walk into a locker room as a starting quarterback. No. All right, let's spray into all fields here. I got, I got one random question here because you played at Maryland. You're an East Coast guy originally. You got any problem with Maryland being in the Big Ten? Because, you know, we're in Chicago here, and I just witnessed the Big Ten tournament for hoops being out in, in Washington, D.C., Sean, and I'm not good with that. This is, this is rooting my, my childhood, this whole these, the, the East Coasters coming in here. But don't you just want to be in the ACC? That's where you belong. No, I think um, – well, first of all, it was tough for me because I obviously Maryland was uh, Maryland was in ACC for, what, 60-plus years or whatever it was. 
Um, so you always look at them kind of in the, as an ACC school until uh, you get this thing fixed in your mind and they finally move to the Big Ten. I think it was a good move, um, you know, not only financially but recruiting purposes for Maryland to move to the Big Ten. Um, not every five-star recruit is going to be able to go to Michigan or Michigan State or Ohio State. You know, these guys have five-star recruits every year. Uh, but I think it's, it's good for a guy uh, to be a four-star or a three-star to get recruited and go to play, uh, you know, play at Maryland and have the opportunity to compete against the guys who are five-star recruits and play on the big stage. So I thought it was a good move uh, for them to do that. And uh, hopefully the talent level is able to pick up on the football side where we can go out and compete against the, the bigger schools. All right. Here, let's – fair enough, I guess. I won't – I'm not going to – I will not belabor my, 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 my Maryland of the Big Ten point. All right, let's go. I like to do the, to wrap it up, the top three tweets. I, I go through your Twitter, Sean. And so at Sean Merriman on Twitter, if you're not following him, you're not living your life the right way. So I pick out three here, and I want to know what's, what's underneath the tweet. Uh, number one I'm choosing here, LeVar Ball, who's everywhere. You tweet, LeVar Ball is putting his son in a hole that he's going to have to dig himself out of. I mean, this is dad gone wrong to the max here, but he might get his son paid more. I, 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 I want to know what you mean by digging himself out of the hole. Well, first of all, as great as he is as a, as a college athlete, he hasn't done anything in the pros just yet. True. That's first and foremost. Um, I think LeVar Ball has also come out and said some things, uh, you know, to LeBron or about LeBron, in which he might have had a valid point. But the truth is, you know, leave him and his family out of it. That has nothing to do with anything. You handle your family. You have a son that's a great basketball player. You concentrate on that. Uh, two, I just don't appreciate when, when some parents kind of vocally live through their kids. Um, his son is a star. His son has been the one that's worked hard and got there. I have a six-year-old son, and I, I want when it's his time, I want it to be his stage, and I want it to be about him. Um, I don't think LeVar Ball has given his son a chance to do that just yet, and I think he's living – in the limelight and spotlight of his son, and it's, I don't like it. No one has ever lived in their son's limelight to this level. Like Richard Williams, Venus and Serena, you never really saw him. You saw him a little bit. I mean, Tiger Woods' dad, you didn't see This is unprecedented, completely unprecedented. I can't remember anybody doing anything like this. So, all right, uh, here, next tweet. I can't tell you how much football has taught me about life. I'm thankful for the game. What, if, if you had to boil it down, what, what did football teach you? You know, just about adversity and obstacles. Um, you know, I went through some years where I had some injuries. If you, you brought up a situation when, uh, you know, I got suspended in 2006. Those were some really hard times and difficult things for me to deal with that I had to overcome. I mean, I remember coming back and playing in the Pro Bowl that same year and then going to the Pro Bowl the year after. Um, those were some really hard things to overcome, and that's what life is about. I mean, it's, you know, overcoming obstacles and being able to bounce back and getting back on top and getting back to places you need to be. Yep. I love the Michael Jordan quote around that one too. I, I, I failed. I missed however many shots I failed. I failed. And that is why I succeed. It's, it's a great one for really anybody doing anything. I, all right. So you got one more here on, on sort of life's process. You shouldn't be scared of failure. You should be scared of not trying. So the way I look at like the, the, the fear of failure, I think like everyone is afraid of it. Like I'm afraid right now that this interview is not going to go well or whatever. But <laughs> you know, but you 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 gotta like lean in and do it. It's it's like like fear is a great guider. Does that make sense to you? Uh, absolutely. And um, I I think a lot of people who don't try, you know, they they 
go time and time pass and they look back and they say, damn, I should have, you know, I should have did this. I should have did that. And they kick themselves more than the people who did something like, oh, man, that's, I sucked at that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm terrible at that. I should have done that. And I think the people who don't try are the ones who regret more than anything in life. And the people who say, you know what, I did that. It didn't work out for me. I wasn't that good at it or, you know, wasn't smart of me or whatever. And you can say, hey, I did it and I gave what I had at it. But the people who do absolutely nothing are the most regretful people you'll come across. No doubt. Three-time Pro Bowler, now work, doing work with NASCAR, with MMA, and, uh, of course, you remember him on the field with both the Chargers and, and the Bills. Lights Out Brand. Also, if you want to check out what Sean's doing, lightsoutbrand.com. Sean, we appreciate the time. You got it. Thank you. Don't forget to pick up your Lights Out stuff, your Lights Out Brand tees in Tilly this May. Get after it. Get her done. You got it. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate you. just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes talk about starting the morning right just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget Mm -mm -mm. visit carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be convenient comfortable For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.